give me one shot here on a blue chip stock, believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA draft fans? Your boys are back, the Wolves of Ball Street. Your favorite draft analyst, favorite draft analyst, the Draft Deck NBA Draft Podcast. My name is Corey Tulliba, and I am here as always with my boy, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what's good, my dude? What is going on, Corey? Um, I thought I was going to have a lot to say, but no, I'm ready to go. I was going to do some whole intro, but hey. What intro is necessary when we're talking about Mr. Anthony Black? Um, I do want to say, though, Corey, I'm liking this new camera angle. It feels very uh, intimate and a lot closer to you. I don't know. It feels different, but uh, I like it. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm using my, uh, my GoPro tonight trying to – I feel like it, the, the quality is a little, little crisper. Um, oh, for sure. You know, um, so I'm trying to get the hang of where I'm actually supposed to be looking while I act, you know, (laughs) produce the uh, the video portions for the YouTube channel. But um, I think it's uh, I think it's going well. It's a a nice little little device. Um, But I'm ready to rock, man. I'm like you. I mean, I feel like Mm. uh, this episode, we don't need like some crazy, you know, backstory spiel because i think that anthony black is a guy that both of us like a lot and he's the first prospect that we've covered in this preseason grind that isn't you know necessarily one of like the consensus top you know five to ten guys and i think there's a reason that we're choosing to cover him early um because we believe that he maybe could get there so uh anthony black is um an 18 and a half year old Six foot seven, 195 pound point guard playing at Arkansas this year for a ridiculously exciting team. Like, I am, I, I'm so excited to watch them during the college season. Um, you know, Nick Smith, uh, Jordan Walsh, uh, just a, a really awesome recruiting class. Uh, he at in 24 and a half minutes per game his senior year. He averaged 13 and a half points per game, 5.8 rebounds, four assists, and two steals. Uh, that's really most of the backstory. Only played 15 games, I think, due to some kind of uh, recruitment situation. So, um, but also led his team to a state title. This week, um, I am going to actually go over the preseason oh, nice. rankings. Because, again, you know, like I, I knew Anthony Black wasn't one of these top guys, but uh, I thought it'd be interesting to see where we're starting with him versus where we finish. Uh, ESPN has him at 17. SB Nation has him at 10. Bleacher Report has him at 18. The Athletic has him at 12. Tankathon at 13. Average price of 14. So um, right now, coming into the year as a lottery-level prospect, however, he... I think is potentially being slept on a little bit given, you know, the direction of the league where we're trending um, the stage that he is going to have with that fun Arkansas team. So I do ask you this, um, even though it's preseason and these rankings are certainly an inexact science is Anthony black stock price too high, too low, or just right for you. So I didn't, actually look at the rankings beforehand. So I was really kind of just on pins and needles there listening to you can rattle off those rankings and 14 Corey 
sounds just about right to me. I think it's fair because for me, I think he's a guy who's very intriguing. Uh, we still haven't watched a single minute of college basketball with him yet. And the fact that he's right there in the lottery conversation, I think is very, very fair. Um, I think by the end of it, I might lean towards him being higher. Uh, I think even higher in the lottery. But for now, considering everything that we have and the information and the tape that we have, 14 feels just about right for me. Yeah, I I agree. I'm, I don't have any qualms with it. Um, again, I think when my preseason rankings come out, I think I'll have him a little bit higher than that because, um, you know, for all the reasons we'll talk about. But uh, funny you say we haven't watched a minute of college basketball. I did watch the exhibition games that Arkansas oh, but, yeah. played mm-hmm. um, in or, hogs hashtag hogs abroad as, as mm-hmm. they, they went and played in Europe uh, just because I wanted to kind of get a feel for what maybe they looked like as a team. Um, mm-hmm. Did anybody just pop? I mean, the games, you know, were there, there's not a whole lot you could get out of the, um, the exhibitions. They very much so, were kind of like how teams approach like high school teams approach like summer league. Like there was a mm-hmm. lot of like five man rotations. Some guys started on one game and then different guys started the next game mixing and matching. It was a good opportunity for the coaching staff to kind of see what they had in their squad. Um, but I, I, what I like about Anthony Black's tape and and getting to do that this week is that, we did get an opportunity to watch him in multiple settings. Like you got to watch him in high school. You got to watch him um, with this Arkansas team in these exhibition games. And you got to watch him in the FIBA U 18s this summer. So there are all these different contexts for which you could evaluate him. um, And that's why I think he's so fun, but let's get into the evaluations where are we Mm -hmm. starting with Mr. Anthony black? Uh, I think where we should start with Mr. Anthony black is, you know what, Corey? Uh, it's not his best skill, but I think we should start start here anyway, just so we can have a conversation and where we can kind of dive into this together. But more specifically, I want to pick your brain on this, is the sure. shooting. Let's start with the shooting because, Corey, before we get into it, um, the shooting is scarce. Uh, didn't see a ton of it. There isn't mm. uh, a load of tape that we can go off of because... Uh, he was a little reluctant in terms of long distance shooting. So uh, I think that's a great place for us to start today. Yeah. I, I mean, not a good shooter right now. Like <laughs> he, I, and Done. yeah, he's not a good shooter right now. You know, I, I think if you wanted to be kind, you would say he's inconsistent. Like that would be yeah. how you say kind. But what's weird is like, there's not really any part of me that is like, he's not going to be a good shooter at mm. some point. Um. Why? All right, so I think that he's got, like, really good touch, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so, well. like, obviously we'll get into where he shows touch, um, you know, in areas like his floater and whatnot. Yeah. But I also also think he has really good touch as, like, a passer. Yeah. You know, like, this natural, yeah. just it's so soft, it's on <laughs> the money. And I don't know, I'm theorizing. It's, it's something I'm workshopping mm-hmm. that – a lot of these like guys who have this really soft, natural passing touch mm-hmm. will end up turning themselves into good enough shooters. 
So, you know, guys like Lonzo, I think Rubio has turned himself into a decent enough shooter. Uh, Mm -hmm. In the past, you had a guy like Jason Kidd who ended up, you know, being a good shooter. LaMelo, I think Dyson Daniels came on at the end of the year. And I think, you know, he's going to be a good shooter at some some point. So I'm not saying it's a lock, but I just think that, one, I think that his form is pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think that up top, everything looks really good really mm-hmm. good right um it's just his feet are a little consistent sometimes yeah. he'll just like catch it and shoot it without like stepping in or hopping into it but when he's off the ball and he's actually in rhythm and he catches on the hop or he steps into it i don't know it looks fluid and like i'm not like oh my god what a crazy brick like it's not like when he misses i feel like the misses are so disastrous that i'm just like oh my god don't do that again like i actually want yeah. to see him shoot more often which if you're projecting a bad shooter, you're like, no, please shoot less. Right. I actually yeah. feel like he'd benefit from letting it fly a little bit more often. So yeah. Yeah. that that's kind of why I'm optimistic on it. It's just an eye test thing for me. Like I, I think that it looks pretty good. He just has some little things to clean up and, you right. know, it might not be next year. It might not be the year after, but I think eventually, you know, working with an NBA shooting coach, I think he's going to get there. And the fact that, I, I think long-term he's going to be able to play on or off the ball serves him really well. Like, you know, it would be great if next year we saw a lot of flashes of him, you know, coming off of a screen that somebody goes under on and just letting it fly and burying the shot. But mm-hmm. you know, he, Nick Smith is going to have the ball a lot next year. Yeah. He's um, going to do a lot of creating and Anthony Black's going to have the opportunity to, you know, get a lot of reps off the catch. So I, I I don't know. I, I'm looking forward to see the development in the college season, but I'm I'm optimistic about it. No, I, I'm with you. A couple of things just to kind of piggyback off of what you said. The feet. There were times where his his feet were so close together. He looked like Iron Man in the first Iron Man movie, trying to fly it into the air. His feet just like side by side, right next to each other. He missed short a ton. Uh, but like you said, Corey, I don't mind it at all. The form, I think, up top, as you mentioned, looks good. I have a theory, though. And my theory is, well, first off, what I wrote in my notes is exactly what you said. I wrote, insane touch on his floaters and lobs, comma, just insane touch is what I wrote. And yeah. and I wrote this because it reminded me of something that I've had this theory in my brain for a long time. But growing up, Korean-American kid, a lot of my friends played high school and college volleyball. And a lot of my friends are absolute freak athletes, have like 36, 38 inch verticals, um, which is strange because we're Korean and we're not supposed to be athletic and we're not supposed to be tall. But all my buddies are like 6'1 to (laughs) 6'3 and they all play college volleyball. But growing up, uh, whenever we played, all of the setters that we played with, uh, the guys who set the ball have great soft hands, right? All of those guys were phenomenal shooters. And it was where in high school, our setter played for the basketball team. In college, D3, Baruch College, shout out to the Bearcats, uh, the Lower East Side. Um, Our setter, both of our setters, actually, one of them was Polish, one was Puerto Rican. Both of them were wild three-point shooters. And one of them was so good. The Polish guy was so good at shooting threes and just basketball overall. He's a really good player. Senior year, he played volleyball and basketball, came off the bench as kind of like a sniper specialist type of guy. So, Corey, what you said before about the touch with the passing and the all that stuff, I believe that as well. I think Anthony Black is almost like a volleyball setter where if you see, watch his outlet passes, he throws the perfect rotation on those outlet passes every mm-hmm. single time where he'll throw it out, but it's coming back into the hand of the guy who's running down court. 
It's never going out far behind him. Comes straight into his hands. His floaters, godly. I posted yeah. some stuff on Twitter a couple yeah. weeks ago of his of his floaters, and they're like fifty feet in the air, drop perfectly into the bucket. Ridiculous. His lobs, yeah, his lobs on alley oops, perfect placement almost every single time. Great anticipation and timing and accuracy and touch, all those things. So uh, I know we're not talking about the passing right now, but I think the touch that he shows on his passing. And his floaters, and also some of the stuff that he's doing at the rim, other than the floaters, right? Sometimes, it, well, we'll talk about that later. But anyway, tons of touch. So I'm with you, Corey. I think it's not a quick fix because I think it's more of I. I don't want to say he's Amen Thompson in that. What what I mean by that is where he's similar with Amen Thompson is the reluctancy. I'd like to see mm-hmm. him put up more. I think he's got to be more willing to take more. Interestingly enough, I thought in his high school tape, he was more willing than he was in the FIBA U18 or even right now in the preseason stuff with Arkansas. But there is a lane and a path for him to be a really solid shooter. I think it's just going to come with more experience and time and reps. So I'm with you. Yeah, I'm way more confident in Anthony Black's shot coming along than Amen Thompson. Same, same. And again, that's just all you know, my belief in the eye test and, and all of that, that we went into in the touch, you know, it's funny when we talk about his shooting, um, I similar to Amen, absolutely no mid range stuff, <laughs> you know, and like at all for a point guard, you know, I feel like that mid range game is so important. You know, I like, you know, we talked about scoot a couple of weeks ago, like scoot, obviously struggles as a three-point shooter as well, but he's so confident as a pull-up shooter in the mid-range that it opens up all these different opportunities. Um, you know, if if a big is going to play in a drop, he could punish that big, right? Like there's uh, there's all these different things that he could do because he has that mid-range game. Where Anthony Black differs from Amen Thompson is he does have that float game. So at least there's some kind of in-between game there, right? It doesn't have to just be get into the teeth of the defense, and I'm either finishing at the rim or I'm kicking out. At least he does have a counter because he's got pretty good range on that floater. Right. Um, so he does have that. But I do think, and that's similar to Dyson Daniels last year too, right? That's something we didn't see a whole lot of that mid-range pull-up from Dyson, but we did see him at, have one of the you know better floaters in his draft class. I think Anthony Black is going to be similar in that, but I do want, I think there's opportunity for him to get to that shot because I think that when he has the ball in his hands and the pace in which he plays at, I think he's so crafty. Like he's able to, you know, snake oh, yeah. ball screens. And like, that's what's when we talk about his floater. Yeah. The touch is so impressive, but it's also how he gets to the float game. Like yeah. he shoots the floater off of either foot. His footwork is ridiculous. Um, Like he is so coordinated. Like I, I, I actually, mm-hmm. I think that he is a plus athlete, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that people are going to credit him as a plus athlete. But Mm -hmm. I think when you break down like functionality on a basketball court, I think he might be one of the better athletes in the 2023 class that I've watched so far. far. Because I just think he has such good footwork. It's so smooth. He changes directions like – I don't know. It's basketball athletics. And he has, he's got good bounce. Like, you know, he, he definitely um, gets up maybe not in the same way as the Thompson twins or scoot, but he gets gets up and he gets up, but I don't know. I think he's going to be an underrated athlete. And I just, I love that footwork. I love that, you know, he, he could hit you with a Euro step and get right into the floater and drop it in smoothly. 
I don't know it that that float game is really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you, man. I, I I love what you said, right? How he can go off of either foot. I like that. It's something that he's always looking for. He's he's not afraid to put it up. Um, it's something that he really really relies on that he has a lot of confidence in which makes me think you know like to have that type of confidence and once again Corey, i think it's really interesting when you watch his floaters he throws them up so damn high too right and i think mm. i don't know maybe it's just me but i feel like to throw up your floaters that high and to have that type of confidence leads me to believe that he'll figure it out from three as well i think it takes immense confidence to put up those types of shots and if he can do that then i, I love that at all uh, i love that a lot also core i did want to say when he does go to the rim um there is savvy but also there's a toughness to him mm-hmm. um i i noticed that he's really good at taking contact and that he's unafraid of taking contact whether it was in the fiba stuff or playing for duncanville um i thought there were a lot of moments where he'd go straight to the rim and he would take kind of a battering when he was up there and it was no problem for him he would brush it off and he could still finish and put get his shot up there and there are a lot of times where you know we, when you get down to the lane and people are swiping or whatever and he just it, it just felt like he was kind of gliding through it all which yeah, that's a also good word speaks, yeah and also speaks to what you said about his athleticism where what i wrote in my notes is i thought it was very effortless and smooth yeah those are the two words that came to mind when i was watching him where I, you know, Corey, I think this is something that you've really kind of put in my brain a lot, but the functionality of the athleticism and watching it in terms of changing gears, turning mm-hmm. corners, side to side, all the lateral stuff is something that I, I'm starting to pick up more and more on. And I feel like with Anthony Black, that's exactly what you get, whether it's with the ball or without the ball. I mean, it, I thought he was a really good cutter as well. Yeah, um, I thought some yeah. of his cuts were with, with great timing, with great angle, with great anticipation, uh, with uh, all that stuff, you know. And and I thought like something that I really thought of that I really enjoyed, Corey, was thinking about this Arkansas team that he's going to play on. As you mentioned, Nick Smith, Corey, I started watching some Nick Smith, and this guy is quite the experience. Um, I think I'm going to be head over heels for this dude, Nick Smith, because he's unbelievable so far. But I love him. He's a dog. I, He's a, he's terrifying. Also, he he's looks like Miles Garrett, so I'm really scared. <laughs> but um, you know what I like, Corey, on this team? Him, Nick Smith, Jordan Walsh, all these guys can do stuff with the ball in their hands. Walsh especially is going to be like this off-ball guy, but also can dribble a little bit and do stuff. And I think the mix of those three really have me wondering, like, holy crap, like, are these guys really going to contend maybe to, like, really push it and maybe even try to win a national title this year with that dude brazil too brazil what the hell yeah man the the missouri uh athletic transfer that dude's got bounce he can kind of (laughs) mute it a little bit like no and he's nasty dude this team is filthy Mm -hmm. like it it makes me um sad very modern dude they are yeah it makes me sad though that jalen williams didn't mm. stay to rock with this squad because he would have given mm. them such an interesting like big man option that yeah. differs from some of the other guys. But this team's loaded uh, mm. with talent. And, you know, you talk about Anthony Black's cutting. Like, I'm so excited about Anthony Black because, you know, for a lot of guards like him, you would think mm. that, like, maybe ineffective with out the ball in his hands especially because you know as we mentioned like he could be apprehensive as a shooter at times but he's always on the move he's always trying to make smart cuts again i like his shot off the catch um and i think he's more confident 
when he does shoot it off the catch with time. Um, but I, I think that between like his basketball feel on the court, timing, angles, all of that, and just the pace in which he plays and like his, his touch offensively, both as a passer and around the rim, like it's the reason I was so immediately drawn to him. Right. And like in the preseason, when I'm trying to figure out like who are going to be guys that I'm really focused on and think can make a name for themselves. Like one of the reasons that I think Anthony black is like the guy that pops into my mind the most is just because he's exactly what NBA teams want. Right. He is a guy that can play multiple positions. Cause he's six, seven. Right. Uh, he's a good athlete. He's a smart offensive player um he doesn't need the ball in his hands to thrive right so yeah he you can you might consider him the point guard but when nick smith is initiating offense like anthony black is going to be able to still contribute to the team without having the ball in his hands but the thing that i love the most about him right is that he is like the epitome of 0.5 basketball which is like what every NBA team wants out of these guys. So Corey, what point teach fi- us what, yeah. yeah. So what, what point five basketball is, is basically like it takes less than a half a second for you to make a decision when the ball swings your way. Right. So if you know, you're spotting up in the corner, you know that you are either going to let it fly when it, when it comes to you, or you are going to attack a closeout and cause a rotation and then, you know, uh, move the ball, move off of the ball. Then you're going to move back. Like it's just quick decision-making where it's not so like premeditated. You're making reads. You just know that you're going to keep the ball swinging right away. Like he keeps the ball moving. He knows where the extra pass is. He knows where the open man is. Um, and, that's the kind of guy that you want on your team because when the ball swings his way, he's going to make the right decision, right? He's not going to jack up a bad shot when Nick Smith is standing in the corner, one pass away. He knows, all right, quick decision, boom, passes there. Or, you know, if there somebody's overplaying that, the paint is open, he knows that he's going to get it, grab, go um, off a board. Like he knows that, you know, somebody might be leaking out like Trevon Brazil, like that dude is an athlete. He might be, you know, rim running. Like he knows t- look ahead hit ahead i i just i love the pace that he plays i love his quick decision making like he is a he is 0.5 basketball to a t um he's just a guy that like if you were running at la fitness you would want to play with him 100 percent, right like he's just going to be fun to play with on the basketball court his teammates are gonna love being on the floor with him you know so i uh, th- that's what makes me so excited because i you know, I think with passing, mm-hmm. you know, there are guys, some guys just have it. Yeah. It's just a natural, innate part of their game. And, you know, you could watch film and learn and what, and some guys still aren't going to be able to make those innate reads, right? Like they're just not, they could see the same thing over and over. They can go through the same thing over and over and they'll still be a split second too late or fire the ball you know, a a little bit too soft or a little bit too hard, maybe not in the right spot. Anthony Black knows exactly where and when to get the ball to his teammates as a passer. And it's just damn fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Corey, he is the epitome of a pure passer. I I freaking number one. Thank you for the, thank you for the lecture on the 0.5 basketball, because when you were explaining that, that's exactly 
what I think of when I think of Anthony Black because he's the, one of the guys you said, Corey, when he catches the ball, right? He knows whether he's going to shoot it or not. But the thing that I love about him is that when he is set on passing the ball, it is so quick. Mm-hmm. It is so fast. It's it, he is he's so fun because he can be your primary initiator as a passer and he can be a connector. One yes. of the things that I loved when I was watching the FIBA U18 stuff is he'll catch the ball. And, and of course, there are moments where he's like, yeah, you know, I'm going to take it to the rim. But a lot of times, like, you know what? I have no problem just moving off the ball, keeping the ball movement going so we can eventually get the shot that we're looking for. And it doesn't right. have to be me, nor does it have to be the direct pass right after me. It can right. be three passes after yeah. me, but it's okay. I want to be a part of the chain that keeps moving the ball and keeps the rotation. The and Golden the Golden State Warriors ball. styles, yes. you know, like yes. that's what makes them so hard to guard because they're mm-hmm. all such quick decision makers. and. That's what Anthony Black is. He's a quick decision maker on the ball right. or off the ball. And the thing, Corey, that you mentioned with this guy is he's, I don't think he's ever going to be a scheme guy. He's going to be a guy who can play in literally any scheme that you end up playing with. But the thing that's so great with him is that he's going to be able to just recycle the ball. That's something really quickly. That's something we see in soccer a lot. It's really important to have these guys who are willing to recycle the ball and they won't, they won't get the counting stats like assists or they may not get a lot of goals or whatever, but these guys who can recycle the ball, distribute the ball really, really well, are really important to soccer as well. And, and I only bring up soccer because our boy Simon Rath wrote in the chat, is Anthony <laughs> Black more Shaka or Casola? And really quickly, Simon, to answer you, he's more of a Jack Wilshire. Anthony Black is a guy who can really control the pace. He can really move the ball. He can turn corners. He can. He, there's so much that he can do with and without the ball with so much fluidity and class that he is like a Jack Wilshire, but I'll stop talking about soccer. Um, Corey, really quickly with his passing, I did want to say this. Um, we said he's a really good cutter. He finds cutters really well too. Yeah. Um, like really, really well um, with like great spin anticipation on all those balls going right into their hands for easy buckets. It's unbelievable. We mentioned before his hit ahead stuff is just, yeah. and all that too, Corey is it's not simply just the pass, but it's the intention and the desire to play with pace that I love yep. so much, you know, and, and Corey, like he, he's such a big brain guy where even in the half court, it's like you said, he's thinking two or three steps ahead and he wants to make those two. He wants Okay. The best way for me to describe Anthony Black is he understands the impact of his one pass leading to maybe three or four and eventually just getting to the goal of a bucket, which I love so much. That's such, such a selfless mentality to have. And I, and I love the fact that he's got the larger goal in mind, if that makes sense. So I love it. I, I love it all. And also he <laughs> he loves himself a no-look pass, uh, even on the perimeter. <laughs> He yeah. loves that, like, over the right shoulder, just like, I'm going to look the other way. But even if the defense knows it's coming, I'm going to throw the no-look pass anyway. Um, whereas some of my thoughts on his passing, and I think he's a really – I wouldn't say he's a generational passer. Please, no. please, he's not. No, He's a very good passer who's a very diverse passer as well. Yeah, and I think that as the shot comes along, it will make him a much more dangerous passer because it will unlock um, different passing options for him. But – the way that he pushes the pace reminds me of Steve Nash Oof. because even when it's not like off a rebound or off a turnover, even when his team is taking the ball out from under the basket, he's getting the ball and he is going, he is starting the offense and getting into it right away. Because if you're the defense 
what do you want to do after you score? Right. You typically want to get back, get into your half court defense and get everybody positioned so that, you know, you can dictate, you know, the what defense you want to play. When Anthony Black, you know, is catching an inbound pass underneath the basket, immediately pushing the ball up the floor and his guys know that he's going to he's going to go so they got to run with him well the defense isn't used to that because most players don't play that way most players right. you know most point guards are going to like you know walk the ball up the court maybe jog it up the court he's moving faster than a jog and that's something that yeah. Steve Nash did right he got the ball up the court quick you know that 7 seconds or less offense that the the Suns ran in order to do that you got to get the ball up the court quick Anthony Black is very much so the same vein. And again, it you know, once he gets the ball up the floor, whether it's a hit ahead, a hit ahead, a lob, whatever, his touch is crazy. It reminds mm-hmm. me of the movie Rookie of the Year mm. uh, when his mom mm-hmm. uh, tells him at the end, you know, he, he doesn't have that arm speed anymore. And he mm-hmm. figures out that his mom was actually the pitcher in the family, not the dad. And she says, float it. And he throws that float pitch up to Hato. Um yeah. That's what hit like that's the amount of like touch that he has. It's just so just drops in perfectly. But yeah, his pace is I it's just so impressive because it's it's like again, he's so fun to play with. That's yes. the thing. I just I want to go run fives with him. I want to play pickup. And his yeah. teammates are going to love playing with him because you know that if you run the floor or if you cut or if you get, you know, uh if you're you know running off screens to get yourself open on the perimeter, whatever it is he is going to get you the ball in the spot that it needs to go. And those yep. guys are just really fun. No, for sure. And, and Corey, so one aspect of his game that we really haven't talked about much. Um, we talked about the shooting. We talked about um, the floater. We talked about the passing, all that stuff. What do you think about his handle? And the reason why I asked this is because um, I thought his handle was very good, but I also thought that it wasn't flashy at all. I think he uses his handle well to control the pace, to control what he's doing. Um, you mentioned, right? He snakes uh, picks really, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I might get some flag for this, but because I don't think they're similar players at all. Not, not at all. Not at all. But when I was watching him dribble up the ball, at times, God, I'm going to get some shit for this. It's okay. Just do it. At, ti- at times, it reminded me because of the functionality and the and and the safety of it all. Like, he's just very secure, right? Reminded mm-hmm. me a little bit of Luca. And, and the reason mm-hmm. why I say Luca is because he, he, he has, like, a nice physique to him. And I thought he shielded the ball really, really well. And he can make a move when he needed it to create space for himself. Um, but at the same time, I didn't think it was like super flashy. Yeah. There's no, uh, there's no hot, uh, hot sauce or skip to my Lou stuff going on. Um, but very effective, very solid, very fluid, uh, protects it. Well was how I felt. So I'm obviously I'm not comparing him to Luca, but just when he was dribbling the ball, it kind of reminded me of, of him at times. So I did want to pick your, pick your brain on that. No, I totally see that. I, you know, I, I think that Luca plays a slower pace overall. Yes. Right. But when he's in the half court, I do think that his ball handling is very Luca esque in that Luca's got one of the tightest handles in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah. 
um, and he'll ISO you and break you down. And that's kind of where the difference is with Anthony Black. He's Anthony Black isn't really going ISO to break you down. If he is, mm-hmm. he's, you know, attacking the rim to do it. But, you know, Luca will knock down step backs and whatever, and he's unpredictable with his dribble. Anthony Black's a little bit more predictable because I think when he is attacking, you kind of know that, yeah. you know, chances are he's either attacking the rim or maybe he's, um, you know, going to get to his float game or whatever. But it's it's secure. It's smooth. He's got the ball on a string um, and he gets his spots on the floor with it. So I, I think it's effective. Like you said, no hot sauce. It's not Jay Will, a mellow ball, anything like that. And I think mostly it's not because he's not yet confident in beating guys off the bounce and, and getting up jumpers. I think if you were, right. I think he would, his handle is capable of, of doing that. If he ever gets to the point where he's capable, you know, confident enough to let it fly off the bounce. And he should, because I really think that he could, yeah. you know, be a, a, a decent shooter down the line, but you know, he's unselfish and I think he's going to want to stick to his strengths and, and do what's right for the team. And maybe he doesn't feel that that's the case. Corey, can I ask you uh, a wild one? It's not even a wild one. I just want to, I know it's early in our preseason, early in our evals. Just wanted to get an idea of how you feel about these two prospects. So you've watched a good amount of Scoot. You've mm-hmm. watched a good amount of Anthony Black now. Yeah. Wondering where you are between those two guys, because I was just thinking out loud, or no, I was thinking on my my notepad earlier this week, but I was I was wondering where you would rate Anthony Black in terms of if Anthony Black were a little bit more of a willing shooter, mm-hmm. right? Where would you have him compared to Scoot? Now, this is Anthony Black with being more willing as a shooter. Where do you have them kind of ranked? Obviously, I, I'm guessing you're going to have Scoot higher, but wondering how close you think it would be if Anthony Black would shoot it a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good question. And I think you know it's that it would be it would be tough because anthony black i think if he was a willing shooter if he you know was a guy who you could be like all right he's going to shoot 36 percent from three off the bounce on good volume this year you'd be like this guy's probably fighting for what a top five to seven pick now i you know i, I think with scoot like he had a pretty unbelievable season as a 17 slash 18 year old in the G league when he was supposed to be in high school. Um, and I think what's so interesting about him, like if he came out last year, he would have been the first guard taken in the draft. Right. Um, and you know, there's an argument to be made. He would have been the first pick overall in the draft. Yeah. So, I think that with another year of development and, you know, chances are, if you're listening to this, um, on Apple or Spotify, uh, I will have written about Scoot for NoCeilingsNBA.com, and you can go check that out. If you're watching it on YouTube, it'll go up tomorrow. But I'm just so excited for Scoot's quasi-sophomore campaign yeah. with the G League Ignite because you know he's going to have an opportunity to take on a bigger workload, have more responsibility, be the number one option and work on his weaknesses all in an NBA context where, you know, Andy black for as much as I love him and he fits so much of the modern NBA. Like I think that scoot Henderson has like, you know, number one option on a deep playoff run type potential. And I think those guys are always guys that you will value more than, um, 
you know, a guy like Dyson Daniels, like look at even um, the Portland Trailblazers, or I'm sorry, mm-hmm. more like Anthony Black. Here's where I'm going with Dyson Daniels. The Portland Trailblazers took a swing mm-hmm. on Shaden Sharp instead of going with like the safer pick and taking a guy like Dyson Daniels, because they believe that you could probably find yourself a Dyson Daniels type of player somewhere else, you know, in free agency somewhere a little later in the draft, but guys who could really impact the game potentially from a one-on-one shot creation deep in the playoffs. We need a bucket. The shot clock's winding down. Those guys are few and far between. So they took the shot on potential. I think that's where Scoot separates himself. And he's obviously, you know, a much safer bet than a guy like Shaden Sharp. Whereas in this hypothetical, Anthony Black would really have to be a dynamic shot creator to narrow that gap enough. Right. If he did, it's definitely an interesting conversation because now you're looking at a six, seven guy who is a tremendous passer, plays with all of this pace, can make almost every read in the book and can get his own. So it it's a it's a crazy hypothetical, but I, I think Scoot is is special. So I would still leave yeah. Scoot. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I just I just wondered what you and the reason why I added like the hypothetical of him shooting more was because I was wondering how you felt about the ceiling on the rest of his game combined. You know, like if he was shooting more, then do you have him ranked kind of closer to Scoot? But I think all the points that you made are fair. So, yeah. yeah. And I definitely have him. I would definitely have him closer to Scoot for sure. You know, um, how much closer is hard to say, because I still think there's a shot that Anthony Black is in that five to ten range for me. Yeah. um, Yeah. Come draft time. There's a lot of really impressive players in this draft that I've been watching that I really like. Um but things change and you know, I, so like, I mean, what if the Thompson twins don't shoot it well next year? Like they could drop. What if, uh, what if Cam Whitmore shooting, you know, in the FIBA tournament was Was just a flash in the pan aberration Mm -hmm. and he doesn't shoot it. I don't know. There are all these injuries. Yeah. Like, so who knows, but, uh, it's a fun hypothetical to think of because I, I actually feel like he can get to that point as a shooter if if he just has the confidence in himself to let it fly a little bit. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Um, let's defense? take it. Well, let's take a quick break, and, sure. uh, and then we'll get into the defense. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we're back to talk about. Anthony Black on the defensive side of the ball. All right. Um, let's talk about him on the ball. What did you think, man to man? So defensively, I thought it was a mixed bag. Mm. Um, I thought uh, his on-ball defense was very much reliant on his buy-in. 
Uh, I thought when he was really bought in, there were moments where he would fight to stay in front of his man. He'd move well laterally, um, strong with his hands, quick hands as well. Um, decent length, I thought. Uh, so the, I, I think the best place where I was thinking of, like in the FIBA U18 games, uh, in the beginning of those games, a lot of times, very locked in. Uh, once they're up by 75 points to Ecuador, yeah. uh, not as locked in, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I did want to say, Corey, uh, one thing that I didn't love was I thought there were times, obviously, when he would do a really good job of staying lateral and moving well laterally, keeping his hands active, all that stuff. There were times, though, where I thought his footwork would get really, really sloppy. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes his feet were crossing. Uh, sometimes I thought he was just kind of getting caught off balance. Uh, I thought there were times where he wasn't like because he wasn't fully bought in, he wasn't fully ready for the change of pace or change of direction from the guy with the ball in his hand, the guy that he was guarding, um, is how I felt. But overall, when he was locked in, when he, when he was, I hate to say it, but when he was actually serious and playing for real, um, there were a lot of moments where I was like, oh, that's that's good. That's actually intriguing. Um, I love the footwork, love the hands, love the activity, love all that. Uh, I also thought that he, he could go in and fight for a rebound. Once in a while, I don't know if he did it enough for my taste. I thought he should do so, it a little bit more. Sorry. Interesting ahead. enough, mm-hmm. he, I think, led the USA in rebounding. Yeah. Um, yeah. eight boards in twenty minutes per game. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. So, no, so good rebounder. He, I mean, good rebounder with good size. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, he, the boy can go and block himself a shot. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I forgot. I think it was a Mexico game or I forgot which one, but he had like three blocks in the first quarter. And I was like, good. This is nice. Yeah. He um, had a game with is... five blocks. <laughs> I think that's probably the game. Yeah. That was probably the one. Yeah. Cause he had three in the first quarter, but um, good length, really good anticipation can come from the weak side and absolutely send a shot. But even when he's like guarding, uh, he's just walling guys up. Uh, he still has the ability to, he has the pop in his athleticism, like we talked about previously, Corey, to get up and block a shot, even when he's kind of flat-footed or whatever. So, uh, mixed bag, but there's a lot there to like, and I think we're going to see a better version of him as a defender once he's playing in college, is how I feel. Yeah, so I actually wrote in my notes, not always in hound mode, <laughs> but is great when he is. Look at that. Look at that, Corey. Yeah, Um I, I mean, look, I agree. In the FIBA tournament, the USA in some of these games, they were up by so many points that it's yeah. just like, I mean, you, there is a human element to it, like where even with them not always perfectly rotating and not always bringing it, like they're still getting stops. They're still able to be late and recover. So it's like, it's hard in those settings to, you know, really look at it and, and be like, all right, well, he was late on this rotation and I want to see more effort because, you know, yeah, it's just a, yeah. it's a hard setting to evaluate. You know, it's it was the FIBA U18 Americas. It's not like it was against uh, the entire world, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the best talent in the world. So I, I'll, I'll let that slide. But, you know, I, I think looking at him in an NBA context, like great size, switchable, good hands. And he could stay with his man and get up into somebody and, and really body up and play with his chest when he wants to. So it's it, like, like you said, um, it's going to be interesting to watch if he is always getting up into yeah. his man. But I think that playing with Nick Smith is mm-hmm. really going to help the intensity of that entire team because Nick Smith, like even, you know, if, if you're, um, 
watching anything from his high school tape to even these exhibition games in Europe with Arkansas, that dude is guarding full court. <laughs> He's nasty, dude. He that dude is a badass. Like he gets yeah. after it because you know, it's funny because typically most guys, when you're like, like if you describe Nick Smith, you'd be like, uh, you know, bucket getter, gets his own mm-hmm. shot, like you know, crazy bag or whatever. And it'd be a while before you were like, dude is a badass defender who gets after it 94 feet like that's not something that is at the top of the list but it should be because that dude you know he brings the intensity and you need guys like that you know what i mean like those guys set the tone for you defensively because if he's doing it and he's probably going to be your number one player next year it sets the tone for the rest of the team it gives it there's no excuse now for the rest of the team so i think that's going to be interesting but he's switchable like you mentioned i think off ball um he's pretty smart and he makes good rotations and he's got that athleticism that we talked about that he's not, you know, maybe going to get credit for, but he can come over and protect the rim um, and just be in the passing lanes and just overall be in the right spot. So I, I, I'm pretty, um, I'm buying into his defensive potential next year. uh, Cause I think that the Arkansas team is just going to all around be, you know, potentially a monstrous defensive team. I mean, dude, Corey, we've we've just talked about Anthony Black and his defense, Nick Smith and his defense. This guy, Jordan Walsh, yeah, is, um, Jordan. There's Walsh. something there's something wrong with that guy. He is a freak. I think he's going to be absolutely terrifying as a defender. I don't think I've seen longer arms on a human being than on Jordan Walsh. I don't know what's going on there. Um, his wingspan looks freaky. His work rate freaky. I, I'm real like those three guys are just going to guard up. And then you have this Brazil guy who is just like flying in this pterodactyl and he's just going <laughs> to do all kinds of wild stuff. Who also that Brazil guy, we, we're not doing the breakdown right now, but he also has like insane timing on those blocks, man. He can really yeah. get up and time that really well. So I, I think Arkansas is terrifying Corey, because I think they're going to be really good defensively, but also the fit of the style of these guys and the way that they play and the personalities, like you mentioned with Nick Smith, a personality, Jordan Walsh, all these guys, the fit, of the personalities and talent and skill, I really think they're going to be terrifying in college yeah. basketball. Like, I know they're really, really young, but as you mentioned, Brazil's a transfer and whatever. I, I think there's potential here for this to actually be a really good college basketball team. So I I freaking can't wait to watch them play. And it's specifically for Black Dude, I think if he's in hound mode all season long, like you said, he's in hog mode. He's yeah. gonna be he's gonna be really freaking good as a defender. So I'm excited. Yeah, man. I me too. I, I think that um they're probably the team I'm most excited to watch yeah. coming into the college season. Like I know yeah. that, you know, Duke is gonna be fun. Creighton. Um Creighton's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm excited to watch yeah. them. But I think Arkansas seeing how those pieces fit together and just how much raw talent they have, how hard they play, I think they're just gonna be just fun you know in a way that other teams aren't like they're going to push the pace they're going to be able to score in the half court they're athletic they get after it defensively i'm excited all right yeah if you are buying stock in anthony black who may you have bought stock in previously this was Corey. i actually to be honest this was one of the hardest ones for me ever Mm -hmm. um 
And I don't know, like, I, I just, it's not that I think he's like crazy unique or anything, but the guys who came to my mind are guys that are a little too good for him. And what yeah. I mean by that is mm-hmm. like, if I'm honest with you, I already mentioned a guy like Luca. Another guy who came to my mind was like, in my mind, I was like, man, if Anthony Black had an in-between game, I would start talking about Kate Cunningham was kind of like where my <laughs> head went, you know, like it's, yeah. he's that good of a talent, but also he is lacking that like 5% that's keeping him from that conversation. So like the guys who came to my mind were like Cade and Luca, these big bodied playmakers who you can trust to make decisions for your offense because of the passing ability and the savvy and the smarts and what they can do with pace and all that stuff. So the guys who came to my mind were Luca and Cade. I'm not compla- I am not comparing him to those guys, <laughs> but also I kind of am Corey. Like yeah. he's like, 10%, 15% away from being in that conversation is how I felt. And who knows, though, Corey, if we have the same conversation six months from now, we may be having a very different conversation. So those were the guys who came to mind. And I couldn't really think of anything else. Yeah, I like I mentioned Nash earlier, like it's kind of like a prospect chemistry situation yes. with him. Like, obviously, yes. like Steve Nash is probably one of like, I don't know, the three best shooters of all time. And we just talked about how Anthony Black shooting is like, right now almost you know non-existent from a willingness perspective a lot of the time um you know like i think he averaged like five points per game in the fiba tournament you know like (laughs) it was like five points eight rebounds like six or seven assists something like that um but the it's kind of like a prospect chemistry situation because it's like the pace in which steve nash plays with maybe some Lonzo ball thrown in there with like the hit aheads and like quick decision-making. Then there's like a little bit of Ricky Rubio in there kind of with like the shots, not there, but he's got all these other aspects. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know. Those are the type of guys that come to mind for me. I think Cade is a really good call. You know, we talked about the, the ball handling kind of similarities, maybe to a guy like Luca. So I, I think there are, he is like this conglomeration of all of these, like, um, excellent NBA players mm-hmm. and certainly he's not taking the best aspects of all of those guys although at some points he, he maybe he is but I think that's it goes to show that like I think we have high expectations for him that we think he can live up to and that's why we're we're saying these guys who have had such successful NBA careers you know because there's there's guys yeah we mentioned superstars but we also mentioned you know guys who are really important role players. And I think at the end of the day, even if he doesn't become this shot creating, you know, scoring threat, he is still going to be a really valuable role player because of what he provides a team on both sides of the ball. Mm-hmm. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah, man. I love all that. Yeah. I, I, Corey, really quickly. I think, with what you just said and what we're kind of agreeing on and landing on right now is that ultimately I think we view him as a very modern, mm. very good player. Yeah. Like he is what you're looking for in the modern NBA. And let me, let me pump the brakes a little bit cause I have to sell this pen, but um, I, he's a really good player, dude. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe let's get into it. Sell, sell me this pen on Anthony black. All right, guys, so uh, I'm sure you guys are very familiar with the character of Bruce Wayne, who is the Batman. 
And uh, the Batman is a very famous. He was a detective, right, in the original comic books. But also Batman is a superhero, a guy who uh, was a billionaire, comes from a rich family, can do a lot, very powerful. But the thing that Bruce Wayne always invested in were teammates, whether it was Alfred or, more importantly, Robin. I think of Anthony Black as Robin. And here, let me tell you why. Anthony Black is a guy who has a plethora, a just a myriad of talents, a guy who can do so much with the ball and without the ball. But the reason why I compare him to Robin is because Robin in, in his own right is also a superhero with great ability and great talent, but a guy who knows how to accentuate what is awesome and what is great about Batman knows how to support Batman and make Batman that much greater. That's how I view Anthony black. I think Anthony black on his own is a phenomenal player with insane talent who can do so much by himself, but Watch him on this Arkansas team. The way that he's going to elevate Jordan Walsh, the way that he's going to elevate Nick Smith, the alley-oops that he's going to throw to Brazil. He is an absolutely wonderful number two option that raises the floor of your team, accentuates the talents of everyone around him, and in that way, accentuates his own gifts and talents himself. That's Anthony Black for you. And if you like that type of player, go grab him. I did not foresee um, a Batman <laughs> Um, <laughs> analogy, but that's why this is America's favorite segment because <laughs> you never know what uh garbage time gim is gonna throw at you. I love that, that was amazing. Um, that this was a lot of fun. I'm glad we, I'm glad we did Anthony Black's episode and and got him covered because I think that um, he's gonna be a guy that could really rise up a lot of people's boards. I think people are gonna fall in love with watching him. Um, and it's going to be interesting to, you know, see how he makes all of these guys better next year in Arkansas because there's there's a lot of opportunity for that. All right. That's going to do it for uh, this episode of the Draft Tech NBA Draft Podcast. Uh, Albert, tell the people where they can find you on the Internet. Uh, on the Internet, you can find me at Alberto with an E Gim is my Twitter handle. Please come follow me. Follow me, guys. I my Twitter following grew a ton in season one. And I'm expecting more. Let's go. Uh, and before and before I pass it off to you, Corey, really quickly did want to mention on that Duncanville team that yeah. um, Anthony Black played with. There was a guy named Davion Sykes who ended up going to Texas State. I actually really liked his game. He hit like a ton of mid-range jump shots. And wherever you are, Davian Sykes, if you're hearing this, I wish you the best, buddy. I hope you make, I hope you have yourself a nice career somewhere. Maybe it's the NBA, maybe it's the G League, maybe it's overseas. But I'm a big fan of your game and I wish you the best. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That team was a lot of fun. Um, I watched a bunch of those games. Little Sierra Canyon in there. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, But, uh, that's kind of the fun part sometimes watching these high school games is like mm. the other guys who pop. And then you realize like a couple of years later, you're like, Oh, you know what? I remember uh, watching that guy in, you know, the Duncanville, mm. you know, uh, playoff game. Um, let's get Albert some more followers on his Twitter. We got to get this guy, you know, couple, couple of thousand, you know, yeah. stat. That's where we want to get him to. Um, I mentioned it before, but I have a piece on Scoot Henderson coming out. Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast, it is probably up. If it's not up yet, it will be in a few hours at noceilingsnba.com. Subscribe. It is free. You'll get to all the work delivered directly to your inbox. Um, 
Make sure you follow me at Corey Tulliba on Twitter, the NBA Draft Dude on YouTube. Also, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube and you have not done so yet, make sure you throw your boys a like, share, and subscribe to No Ceilings TV. And um, a lot of exciting No Ceilings news on the way. So stay locked in uh, everywhere that you can because your boys are doing it big this year. Until next week where we are back covering another NBA Draft prospect. We will catch you later. We out. Peace. Peace.